Beth and I'm a psychological wellbeing practitioner from Newcastle. I just wanted to say the biggest thank you to the contributors of the Clinical Psychologist Collective book. I've enjoyed reading this so much and loved having an insight into the range of backgrounds and experiences people have prior to applying for the doctorate and it's been really interesting seeing the potential barriers to the application as well and how I can try and work around this. I really started to doubt myself and whether I was good enough to apply for the clinical psychology doctorate but this has really given me the confidence boost that I needed to give it a shot so the biggest thank you ever. Coming up in today's episode we are looking at what you might often hear as hindsight being 2020 vision and I'm asking myself the question about the five things that I wish I'd known as an undergraduate psychology student. It's gonna be a journey through personal and professional reflections, and I hope it is one that you will find so useful. Stay tuned because it's coming up right now. If you're looking to become a psychologist, then let this be your guide. This podcast at your side, you'll be on your way to being qualified. It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast with Dr. Marianne Trent. Hello, welcome along to the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast. I am Dr. Marianne Trent and I'm a qualified clinical psychologist. So what are we up to today? Well, today we are going to be looking at the five things, five top things I wish I had known as a psychology undergraduate student. I think this is a really interesting conversation to have. And I hope that some of my reflections might well help you. Um, maybe if you're an earlier stage of your career, or even if you're at a similar, or maybe even a more advanced stage of your career. These are in no particular order. These are just my general musings. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, please do take a moment to subscribe, like the video, maybe pop a comment in, share it with your friends. And yeah, with no further ado, let's crack on with number one. So what I wish I known was that it is possible to do a sandwich course or a placement course, basically to get out there into the world and do some psychology before I was graduated. I think that would have been really, really useful for me in learning more about what psychology is, how it translates in the real world, and it probably would have fueled my fire to you know, to know more explicitly during my undergrad which direction um, I wanted to go in. When I was working in the NHS, we would sometimes have people come in and do summer placements with us from their psychology degree, or we'd have master's level students coming in to do a clinical placement in sort of clinical applications of psychology. But I know that had I tried or had I known to try that I could have sorted out something myself 
um, maybe even using one of the days um, that I wasn't in university. So I know in my first and second year, I have Wednesdays and Thursdays off. I could technically one of those days to do like an honorary placement one day a week for a whole year. And that would have paid me rich dividends. Um, as it was in my second and third year, and I did end up working um, in a clinically relevant setting. But that's a story for another episode because um, I kind of wish I'd had something, you know, more explicitly psychology, perhaps within a psychology team, because that certainly wasn't what I had when I was doing my paid work. So point number two comes to me pretty regularly, I have to say. So in the work that I do talking to and supporting aspiring psychologists, I often get to learn of the research that people have done at undergraduate level. And I'm often blown away by how brilliant it sounds, by how, you know, clinically useful, clinically interesting, how robust it sounds like their research was, you know, using proper proper methodology, proper research methods, you know, maybe using granny theory or IPA or, you know, getting your your SPSS crunching for something more quantitative. Um, and oh, it just makes me shudder a little bit to think <laughs> what me and my cohort sort of got away with the university undergrad research. I mean, it was a it was an interesting concept. Um, so my undergrad research was looking at um, baby facedness of people and whether their smiling or unsmiling faces um, affected how people kind of saw them and rated them. Um, and you know, it, it is all right, you know, as a piece of social psychology. But when I compare it to what other people were doing, you know, um, it's poles apart. And I guess with that, you know, as part of point two, I would say I wish I'd taken myself more seriously. You know, I wish I'd really had a think about myself as a psychology researcher and ultimately as a psychology professional that's going to have a career beyond this three years in psychology because of course we can't know that when we're at university um, but I wish I'd really known more about research before going on to create my own um, you know so when I was at A level we'd start to do psychology tests and write them up as little research projects um, and that felt kind of cool but really I don't think my undergrad research really was much more advanced than that other than that I had a slightly wider sample survey but even then my sample survey was just people <laughs> that I met around the university campus so you know the population of my research was highly skewed <laughs> because they were all hanging out on the campus really um, or were friends of friends living with people that I already knew so it was highly skewed so I wish I'd taken myself more seriously um, immersed myself more in research and done something a little bit more um, robust at my undergraduate level. And point number three was something that only really came to me in about 2000 and 
seven, which was five years after I graduated. And it's something that I commonly introduce people to, um, maybe as part of my aspiring psychologist membership, or in any of my compassionate Q&A sessions that I run, that you have an interesting, useful, valid voice to be able to get things published before you qualify. I think I had the idea that it's only professionally qualified psychologists who have anything interesting to say that I might want to read or you know other other people might want to read but um, you know publications such as you know psychology magazines do need content from people at a range of um, career expectations and so I wish I'd cottoned on to that a little bit sooner. I will be back along with my two final points about the things I wish I'd known before I graduated. I'll be back very soon. Lovely. Thank you for listening to that. I hope you like that little song. Um, yeah, do grab yourself a copy of the Clinical Psychologist Collective and for that matter, the Aspiring Psychologist Collective because they're rather good. Um, and in fact, you know, following on from that point um, that we did before the break, that is a way that um, aspiring psychologists did get publications before they became professionally qualified as well. So, yeah, thinking outside the box can pay rich dividends for you in terms of your CV and your expertise. So with no further ado, let's have a look at my fourth point for the things that I wish I'd known before I graduated. So I wish I'd really known and taken on board that it's 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 a to ask for help you know if things aren't coming naturally to me or if I feel like I just need a little bit more consolidation a little bit more of a thorough understanding as I was learning or of the way to help that be translated in the essays I was writing um, and also that it's not geeky a study you know um, so when I was um at secondary school I was often called a boff it might not be a term that's used anymore a boffin um, because I found learning relatively straightforward and I often knew the answers but because it was used as a criticism as an insult I guess it made me think it was not cool to be brainy you know that that was not an okay thing to do um, and so when I found myself on the rare occasion that I was in the library studying I didn't feel like that was cool, you know, at university. I felt like that was a really sad thing to do and that people thought I was sad. But of course, I was there to get an undergraduate degree. And of course, studying is quite important for doing that. And so I wish I'd just given myself permission to really lean into that and to, you know, to play that psychology undergraduate schema to the max, really. 
Mm. Um, probably planned my time a little bit better, used my diary better, probably didn't even have a diary in those days, um, just to plan in my deadlines and to, to really think about maximizing my time so that I had a you know, a better experience, ultimately with higher grades, but asking for that support, and perhaps asking for some of that accountability. So that perhaps maps on a little bit to, to our most recent episode, which was episode 103, where I was talking about the times I failed um, in psychology in my life. So um, if that resonates with you, do check out that episode as well. So point four was a little bit of a double-handed point, and point five is a little bit of a of a double one as well. But six or seven things I wish I'd known as an undergrad psychologist might not be quite as catchy as five. So yeah, I've sort of um, I've cobbled two together. But you know, I wish I'd known how transformational compassion-focused therapy was going to be to me, both as an individual, but also as a professional. I wish I'd picked up some books about that sooner. Um, And I will link in the show notes to the books that I think have really, really helped me and helped my understanding, which in turn have helped shape my clients and their experience, but also has given me a much gentler journey on myself since I started embracing that. Um, and of course, it's helped me have the name for the free compassionate Q&A series, which I run um, across my socials at psychology application form and psychology interview stages as well. So if you feel like you can do a little bit more compassion, then do consider coming across to the YouTube channel and watching some of those free Q&A series. Um, some of my advice has been collated as well into a free Declin side guide, which you can get by, if you're watching on YouTube, scanning the QR code, which is on screen now, and then following the link to download your free Declin side guide, which is all about, you know, top tips for your application form. And I know that the season has now passed for applications, um, but it's never too early to start thinking about future applications and to think about just, you know, making sure um, that when it comes to interviews that you're going to be able to to talk about yourself and your experiences and the uh, the Declin Side Guide is great for that too. If you are not watching on YouTube and so you cannot see the QR code, if you go to my website www.goodthinkingpsychology.co.uk and then head along to the tab that says free resources, you will see it there. The second part of that is linked to my compassionate journey. I wish I'd known that I won't get assistant psychologist jobs straight from graduation. I know it's possible. Some people do. And if you've had a placement year, it's more likely that you will get that. But I didn't. And of course, I found myself in a slightly weird position where I felt the pressure to apply for those, even though I didn't have the time to do a job if I got the job. So I found myself looking for and applying for assistant psychologist job roles when I was actually saving up to go traveling. Um, And so I don't know why I did that. You know, why didn't I just lean into my experiences of working as a home carer and as doing temping? Um, I think I just felt that pressure to 
to use my degree and to do something advanced to where I was going to go. Yeah, ultimately. But that wasn't what that stage of my career was about. That stage of my career was about earning enough money so that I could go backpacking around the world for six months. And that was enough, you know. Um, and I still think about those experiences of, of that time around the world as being really, really nourishing. I still draw on some of those memories. Um, you know, I was talking about it in uh, in the episode where I was talking about driving recently, um, of my experiences being on Fraser Island, driving around um, on the sand island there. Like really, really great experiences. You know, I've seen some beautiful sights. I've met some wonderful people, made wonderful memories. And that was what that stage of my career was about. It wasn't about getting an assistant psychologist post. So I wish I'd given myself permission to just do what I was doing then without that need to, to do something relevant. Okay, so we've reached the end of my five forward slash seven top things I wish I'd known as a psychology undergraduate. I'd love to know how this resonates with you, whether it's similar, whether it's different to what you wish you'd known, or maybe you're an undergraduate psychologist right now. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, maybe you're heading towards doing your psychology undergraduate soon. Um, you know, let me know. Come and connect with me on socials, which you can do by scanning the QR code on your screen. Um, or you can and or you can come along to my free Facebook group, the Aspiring Psychologist Community with Dr. Marianne Trent. And do consider coming along and joining us in the Aspiring Psychologist membership too, because wonderful things happen in there. Hope you found this episode helpful. I will look forward to catching up with you for the next episode of the Aspiring Psychologist podcast, which will be along to you on 6am on Monday. Thank you so much for being part of my world. See you soon. If you're looking to become a psychologist Then let this be your guide With this podcast at your side You'll be on your way to being qualified It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast With Dr. Marianne Trent My name is Diakolola Amujo. I am a recent psychology graduate from Ireland. I am also an aspiring clinical psychologist. Dr. Marion's book, The Clinical Psychologist Collective, has been so helpful to me on this journey to becoming a clinical psychologist. As I plan to continue postgraduate studies in the UK, I found it extremely useful that this book provided in-depth information on the UK DeClinSci application process. I enjoyed reading about the experiences of both qualified and trainee clinical psychologists. The various narratives were my favorite part of the book as everyone's story was different and it provided amazing insights into the clinical psychology journey. I would definitely recommend this book to anyone interested in psychology and aspires to become a clinical psychologist.